levering herself up with a right. The baby didn't stir or fuss. Kelly headed for the stairs. I'll get her down. Then I'll figure out whether to go back to bed myself or just stay up. Okay. Colin finished his coffee, then cut a bagel in half and slathered Nutella on it. Nutella was great stuff when you could get it. Anything that tasted good and didn't need refrigeration counted as great stuff these days. He went back upstairs after he ate. Shaving with cold water wasn't his idea of fun either, but he methodically took care of it. A cold shower. He shook his head. Nobody bathed as often as people had before the eruption, not when hot water was one more thing that was hard to come by. A soapy washcloth here and there would have to do for now. Somber blue suit. Blue shirt. Somber maroon tie. Okay, he asked Kelly. Yes, he would much rather have faced Stan Birnbaum's drill than the gentlemen and ladies of the fourth estate. Stan, at least, gave you Novocaine before he got to work. There wouldn't be any painkillers this morning. Okay, Kelly nodded. For good measure, she came over and kissed him. She felt nice in his arms. He wished he could stay. Wishing did as much good as it always did. Off to throw the wolves raw meat, he said. Kelly laughed, for all the world as if he were joking. He put on a rain slicker with a hood and slipped galoshes over his shoes. His bike sat in the foyer along with Kelly's and Marshall's. Deborah's squawks hadn't rousted his grown son from his first marriage, but then, from everything Colin had seen, Marshall was better than even money to sleep through the crack of doom. One more sigh. Then out the door, up onto the bike, on with the helmet, and away. Hi-o, Silver, Colin thought sourly. His bifocals sat in an inside jacket pocket. Hood or no hood, riding in the rain with them on was a losing proposition. He pedaled south to 154th, dutifully stopped at the stop sign, stuck his left arm straight out to signal a left turn, and went east on 154th to Hesperus. Another stop sign there. A right turn this time. Left arm out with forearm and hand pointing up. Hesperus was one of San Atanasio's major north-south streets. There'd probably be a few cars on it, even if gas was hard to come by and over fifteen bucks a gallon when you could get any. Mostly bikes, though. Bikes and skateboards and the occasional grown-up-sized tricycle. Quite a few people rode with iPod earbuds to shut out the world. Colin didn't. He wanted to know what might be gaining on him. Traffic lights were out along with the rest of the power. If something came barreling down Reynoso Drive toward Hesperus, for instance, maybe he'd hear it and be able to take evasive action. But nothing did. Nothing more dangerous than other bicycles, anyhow. Not that bike-on-bike crashes couldn't get messy. You could rack yourself up but good. You could even kill yourself, especially if you didn't bother with a helmet. At least as dumb as riding in a car without a seatbelt. He pedaled on. This was an old part of San Atanasio, with shops and offices dating back to not long after the war, some to before it. The police station was near the corner of Hesperus and San Atanasio Boulevard, 
in the government center with the jail, the city hall, and the county library. They'd all gone up in the 1960s, when the town was flush. That was a while ago now. When San Atanasio got in the news these days, the people who didn't call it gritty invariably did call it working class. San Atanasio would be in the news today. Colin wished like hell that weren't so. One more wish he wouldn't get. He chained his bike to the steel rack that had gone into place by the station's front door after the eruption. A lot of black and whites sat in the parking lot. They were in working order, but so expensive to put on the street that most of them sat most of the time. Several news vans sat in the lot, too. Colin's mouth tightened when he saw one from CNN, along with the local station's machines. The only thing he wanted less than going on L.A. TV was going on national.